Hello, and thank you for joining me on the Road Trip Playlist podcast. I'm really excited. This is the first episode. Um, we have a great guest. I'm really excited about this first guest, Lost Boy Crow. He's an incredible artist. I met him last year while he was on tour promoting his debut album. I really fell in love with his debut album, which is Santa Fe. He released it last year. We actually celebrated the first birthday of his debut album here on the show. We talked about the creation of the album, which turns actually turns out to be quite a wild story. We talk about what's on his road trip playlist. We talk about how singing a song back in high school led to kind of what started him thinking about doing music for the very first time. Talk about a lot more. He was on a roof in LA while we were doing the interview, which is really cool. But there are some moments in the beginning where the sound is affected and you can hear the wind or some sirens in the background. But stick with it. It's a really fun conversation. And yeah, here it is. Enjoy my interview with Lost Boy Crow after a brief, brief message from our sponsor. All right, Chris, you there? Yes. Okay, perfect. We are recording. all odds and (laughs) adversity, we have connected. (laughs) We made it. Um, I'm happy to be talking to you because, first off, I did an interview with you back, I don't even know what month that was, maybe October, something like that when you were on tour um, for the Santa Fe tour. And you, we did a whole interview, one of my favorite interviews of all time. Oh, thank you. Same, likewise, by the way, honestly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's, that means a lot. Um, had one of the best Gilmore Girls conversations I've ever had. Yeah. And <laughs> I come home excited to transcribe. I'm never excited to transcribe the interview to put them out um, just online. But for years, I was excited to listen to it back because I love the conversation so much. And then I get home and it's all white noise. And I'm like, what the heck's going on with it? I try a new recording. It's something with my phone. So you gave me an excuse to buy the newest iPhone. So I thank you for that. Yeah, but, but thanks for giving me another chance. Uh, absolutely, man. I know that's always a bummer. That's, that's happened to uh, me in a couple other interviews, actually. And I know it's always a bummer to think of trying to, like, recreate everything that's, like, so organic. And, like, we had such a great conversation. just like talk about Gilmore Girls, which is why I think um, that it will not suffer from us trying it again, because it was so uh, just lovely talking to you before. So <laughs> I have no thank reason you. to believe it will be any different, but thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And since then, most of the time, I mean, we did our interview in your van. I'm used to doing <laughs> interviews in vans um, inside the venue while sound checks going on or in a loud bar or something like that. So since ours was over the phone, I've been having this idea to, to record it and do it as, so the audio can live on and in sort of a podcast. And so you are the first guest on this. I'm calling it the Road Trip Playlist Podcast. Um, and that's just because that's really what started my love for music was my music thing expanded when I started going on a road trip every month. And it's kind of a rule I've lived by for the last three or four years. And so your music... You're only on this podcast if your music makes the music playlist, the road trip playlist. Oh, nice. I and so have... I want to start out just by asking you, like, what's on your road trip playlist? Oh, man. What's on my road trip playlist? Um, can I cheat and look? Like, I know. Okay, so oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, off the top of my head, my, one of my favorite road trip songs ever is Cold Moon by the Zolas. That will oh. Pretty much every road trip playlist ever. That's, Dude, it. Um, that's cool. 
Uh, dig a little deeper, Peter, Bjorn, and John. That that always makes oh for always sure. Um, Australia by Attic Abasement. Uh, lots of hockey. The band, if you're familiar with them, no, uh, no, I'll look them up. They're cool. They're cool. Like uh, they used to be based out of Portland, which is how I found them. But okay. Um, it depends. It depends on the road trip, as I'm sure you. It does totally. you as well. But like, have you ever heard the band Mew? How do you spell it? It's M E W. No, I haven't. It's wild. It's like it's like mathy. I'm gonna hate listening to me trying to describe this when I listen back, but it's like mathy, prog rock, but like with beautiful like pop vocals. Okay. Um, but anyways, it, if depending on the trip, if it's a long enough trip, like it'll that'll make it for sure, just because you gotta go through like enough. You gotta like mix it up enough, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Zolas I would say are the Zolas and Arctic Monkeys are are kind of my go tos usually on on road trips and stuff. If I had to pick, ooh, sorry, I I'd, I'd be upset if I didn't mention Tokyo Police Club because they're on everything. Oh, for sure, the best. Yeah, I was wondering, Arctic Monkeys is definitely on all of mine, and so I've never heard Zolos, so I'm gonna have to look up Zolos. I'm ashamed to admit that. Um, no, no, I'm. It's it's a bummer, but you're not alone there. Um, they're from their band from Vancouver, Canada, so they're pretty big up there. But I think people are still catching on down here. Um, but yeah, the Zolas, they're fantastic. They have a, a few different albums out that are all very different and very incredible. So highly recommend. Awesome. I think it's fitting because. Um, road trip playlist is where all of my love for music grew. Like I never really like grew up with like a family, a household music person. So I only really listened to it in the car. But when I started making these playlists for road trip, that's when I learned about all of all of my favorite artists and I've had like special moments with each because of it. So I'm excited now that through this and through that question, I'm finding more people as well. And so thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of like the, it's, it's always just so fun to share like music and artists that you love with people because it's such like a, I mean, it, it can be so universal, like music, the love of music, but like a favorite song or like a favorite band, it, it says so much about you without having to like say so much about you. So I think it's really cool. It's always really cool and really fun to share basically like yourself with other people through music. So. Definitely, 100%. And I'm excited that through this, I'm able to share a little bit more about about your music with Lost Boy Crow and now that you're doing as well with BYSN for asking for a friend. But I first wanted to talk about Santa Fe. I mean, two days ago was just the one-year anniversary of Santa Fe. Happy birthday. Um, (laughs) What was the story that you were wanting to tell with Santa Fe? And how have you felt about the reception? Lyrically and... Like context-wise, there's a lot I wanted to say, um, and I'll get into that in a minute. But the main like theme and message that I wanted to convey was just like this consistent and intentional, cohesive sound, and sort of the art of like going somewhere specific and making something specific and intentional um, to kind of contrast what so many artists, including myself, have been doing up until that point, which was just releasing a ton of singles, which is can be an awesome way to like 
get music out, but I think you lose a little bit of the artistry, at least in my opinion, um, when it, when you're not releasing like consistent bodies of work that like have a vision behind it and are cohesive. So that was the main thing I wanted to accomplish was to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico with um, a handful of these friends that I had made uh, since moving to LA that I love to make music with and not even get the album done or anything, but really just like decide what, uh, what planet we were going to live on and like what colors we were going to paint with and, you know, limit ourselves with like what instruments we were using. Um, one of the first things we did when we got there was I went to an old sort of like guitar, maybe like pawn shop. <laughs> I can't really, it was hard to tell. Um, but I bought, uh, two guitars that we used on every song and um yeah just tried to kind of like limit ourselves in that way to see what we could make um so that was the main the main message i wanted to to convey was for santa fe for myself if, if nothing else was really just like um intentionality um and cohesiveness um and then it kind of turned into this this concept album about me this sort of cyclical um, conversation between my younger self and my future self and kind of where that leaves me in the middle so yeah no and I love that and it's such a it's a fantastic album thank you um, so much. all the way through listening to it all the way through and I read some of the creation and it's cool to hear because because that it, you kind of weren't going out there with like finish a whole album and you were going out there with a collective of friends and not all of them knew each other and and I think the creation process of just like coming together but also this like extreme form of art oh you cut out together what was that you just cut out for a sec I I can hear you oh yeah I think like it's a cool story of like how all of like the different friend groups and stuff came together on that Um, while you were at that Airbnb in New Mexico and also like how this form of art came together. And so how did it, did it flow pretty well as you came in tune? And I know there's a lot of nature and there's a lot of things that helped bring you in tune, but, but did it come pretty naturally that connection? Yeah. I short answer. Yes, it did. Um, Long answer. I, I was so, um, I guess really like blown away and, and impressed with how well it came together considering um like you said not everyone knew each other um i kind of just told everyone to give me whatever gear they wanted to (laughs) set up and and everyone else flew out there and then i drove i ended up driving uh with my buddy brandon who came as well um and we kind of just drove everyone's little like on the go setup and you know, some people ended up working out of the bedrooms, uh, you know, another person working like a corner of the living room, another person on the couch. So considering like we didn't really have a game plan in that sense, I, I thought it went extremely well. Um, also, fun fact, which which I know uh, a lot of people know because I've mentioned in some interviews before, but um, I was like pretty horrifically sick with some type of flu um, that I caught like the day I was leaving for Santa Fe. And so I had to wait, kind of wait it out and sweat it out a little bit in Flagstaff, Arizona for a few days on the way. Wow. 
and so I wasn't even there when I was supposed to be. So a few of my friends that got there before me who didn't didn't know each other at all, really. <laughs> um, they uh, they got there before Brandon and I did, and that was <laughs> that was crazy. But it was like a really cool time for them to be able to like get to know each other and like know the context of why they were there. But like I wasn't there to I don't know like even like smooth things over or like see that <laughs> that connecting thread. So it was I think it was a really unique experience for them. And then I I showed up uh, with my buddy Brandon who goes by Real Milk who produced produced a ton of stuff for me um and i started feeling a little bit better and then he started feeling horrible um like worse than i did oh my god it took me a couple days even after i showed up to to start working on music um so again that was just like maybe a blessing in disguise because people were just there wasn't really much to do except kind of figure everyone's like workflow out and yeah like get to know each other and like scope out what our favorite little spots to eat in Santa Fe would be. <laughs> so it was kind of nice to have a couple days for that. And then Brandon actually ended up taking, uh, we gave him the master bedroom because he was feeling, uh, again, like death. And we didn't see him the whole trip. He quarantined himself. <laughs> he quarantined himself before it was a trend. Uh, he, he, he did a great job of like staying in that bedroom and <laughs> it out we would go to dinner somewhere and like of course we'd ask if he wanted anything but like when we get back we that would be the only evidence that like brandon was there where there'd be like a couple of dishes out or something but aside from that we didn't see him the whole trip so oh it was God. really interesting as far as like that little outbreak of flu amidst everything but yeah despite all that even it was it was a fantastic trip and again just taking the pressure off of us to not like make an album or even record one song but just kind of figure out what the textures we wanted um to use and, and again like what colors we wanted to paint with uh yeah that was really the goal and, and so we got that and ended up uh you know ended up writing the the title track santa fe there on the rooftop um we ended up starting violet sky there waste of time was the first song um, Wow. dylan and i basically did the whole thing there um yeah, it was it was a really great experience. Um, that's awesome. That is so cool. And I heard, I also heard that you guys were like, along with being sick, that you were wearing masks and things. So it really was pre-quarantine, yeah. like quarantine. It was. It was. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, well, what's it like for you? You're stuck in Flagstaff. One of my biggest nightmares in life is when I'm like having to like introduce friend groups to each other it's it's just so intimidating and stressful and you never know how it's going to go um were you kind of worried like before you saw how it ended up turning out good were you a little worried when you were stuck in flagstaff how is it going with your friends i was absolutely worried i was as worried as i could be considering like i was in so much pain that i couldn't really even think like i i remember vividly i just remember brandon like taking such good care of me like he was such a trooper and I ended up obviously getting him sick. So he's like a real trooper. Um, but I remember like just being in agonizing pain and like having to be in a hot bath with like a cold shower over me. And like, that was the only thing that like, that was like the only thing that like made me feel like not dying. I just remember. So I was like in this bath on and off for like a couple of days. 
and it was so weird. It was like, um, I forget the name of the hotel, but it was like loosely based off of The Shining, or at least that's what they tell you when they when you check in. So the hallways are kind of like a little bit narrow and creepy. Oh and it was gosh. just a trip, man. Like, I was just having fever dreams for a couple of days. But, um, <laughs> again, Brandon really uh, took one for the team there and helped me out. And we had everyone's gear, you know, so we can't just, like, leave. That's, like, thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff. We can't just leave in my, like, Volvo, you know, out in the parking lot. Oh, um, my gosh. So we would have to lug that in. like. Wow. Time. But, yeah, it was weird. There was a moment, for sure, where I was, like, do we... I texted everyone. Um, I was like, Hey, this is, this is what's happening right now. Like, um, should we cancel it? And I remember, uh, my buddy Mero, who I've done a ton of stuff with was just like, no, like we're good. If you're good, like, let's try it out. And I just remember thinking that was really cool because I was clearly very sick and <laughs> Like, didn't know if we were going to get anything done or if it was going to be a good time. And um, everyone was still down to try it out, at least. And I, I wow. thought that was super cool. And uh, we ended up, you know, being able to make an album. Uh, San yeah. Junipero as well was, was written there and started there. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was a fun trip, man. And it was really cool to connect those people and, and have them be connected to this day. Because I think that's, I mean, that's like what music does anyways, right? Totally. Cliche, but so it was cool to have that just actually physically happen um right there yeah and i love i love kind of i was going to comment on how music kind of it's cool how music brought together and i'm glad that people stuck it through because um it is such a great album that that came from from such a like unlikely story um we we can't talk about santa fe without talking about um how the place that you recorded and the title of your debut album actually was Coincidentally, the first, the name of the first song that you ever sang when you performed live um, in the right. movies. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, I wish I was in a production of the news. I actually wasn't because we didn't have uh, like a, a drama department at the high school I went to. But um, I did join choir at the end of my sophomore year of high school and I wasn't actually able to be in choir, but I auditioned like for the next year and the choir teacher was kind enough to take me under her wing. Um, and I, that's just the song that she chose. I wasn't really familiar with the newsies or anything, but she, I guess thought that I would sound good um, singing Santa Fe by the newsies. So she had me working on that. And then um, even though I wasn't in choir at the time, when it came time for like the spring concert or whatever she let me have that as a solo and that was the first time I ever really sang in front of anyone um, wow. so yeah and and I've since obviously grown grew to love um you know that song and the whole musical is fantastic and the chorus yeah. is amazing it's incredible it's a classic obviously but um yeah so I think Santa Fe had kind of always been much like <laughs> In, in the actual song, kind of this idea, this, like, dream of, like, something, uh, an escape, something big or something to look forward to, um, a place to go to kind of be more than you are. Yeah. And so it was very fitting um, to kind of go to Santa Fe all these years later and, and make an album that's kind of, like I said, a conversation between my future self and that, that same self in high school that was just, you know, kind of discovering singing and music and what a life could be like um 
And so, yeah, that was, it was very full circle and, and really special. Totally. Yeah, that is so special. And that's such a special, like, connection. And you didn't see it. Did you see it coming at first? Like, when you decided and selected Santa Fe to record, did you make that connection or, or did it come no. later? No, I, I came later, too. I didn't even think about it um, I, uh, consciously until I forget who. It might have been one of my managers, but I think it was my mom that was like, oh, Santa Fe. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, <laughs> I was like, dang, you're right. I, I guess it was meant to be. I wish I had done it intentionally from the beginning, but it was kind of a happy accident. So. <laughs> and that's incredible. Um, that's so incredible. Um, just how it kind of came full circle. And every time I've prepared for an interview with you, I've read something that's been like, okay, wow. Like, this is how I know, like, it's going to go good. First, it was like when I read that, like, some of one of your lyrics was inspired by something that you heard from a Gilmore Girls episode. And that's my favorite <laughs> show of all time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> John Mayer is also my favorite artist of all time. And I followed him on tour on his Search for Everything tour. Um, wow. And I read today that the first time that you ever started, like, thinking about pursuing music was because you sang Your Body is a Wonderland by John Mayer oh um, at the drinking fountain of a basketball wow. practice. Yes. Wow. Dang. I, uh, man, I was really just not holding back in whatever interview that was. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I so, dug deep. It was a while ago. No, I, and props to you for finding that information. That's, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's deep in there. Um <laughs> But yeah, I that is that is all true. I remember being at basketball practice and for whatever reason, I guess it was just in my head, uh, was singing your body's in Wonderland at the drinking fountain, not trying to impress anybody or anything, I was just kind of like singing it and then some of the kids that were also in choir that, that did basketball were like, Hey, here's the thing, I don't know if you ever did choir or anything in high school, but like Choir is constantly trying to recruit guys. Like it doesn't even matter <laughs> to sing. They just want like bodies. I swear. Uh, so I I I didn't get too excited about it or anything. But it was nice to to have some people be like, oh, you know, like you should actually like try out for choir. Um, so that's when I did that. And that's when I started singing. Uh, wow. Moving on from from John Mayer to Newsies, but uh, yeah, so I guess before singing. Well, well, and it's crazy how such a small, small moment kind of taken off, and and now this is like a what you're doing full time, and you have millions of streams on dozens of songs, and you're just totally killing it. Um, how how kind of has your has your music evolved since then? Like you've since moved to California, and you've since like been been doing and, and chasing, and you released your debut album. How how has your music career evolved from just such a small moment to to kind of where it's at now? Um, you know, I don't even know. I'm I like, as, as you're as you're speaking and as you're asking that question, I'm like thinking back on everything kind of like the last 10 years flashed before my eyes. And I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm just grateful that like, I'm grateful that I've had amazing people kind of help me out along the way and, and encourage me in, in big and small ways to stick with it. Cause that's really what it's come down to is just like, it's just been so cool to see uh, so many things come full circle, whether it's friendships, people I've gotten to work with, or even just like the Santa Fe connection. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I'm sure no, no matter what vocation we choose, especially in the arts, so many times we think, like, man, am I, like, so delusional? <laughs> or, like, you know, even if you're really confident in what you do, which I've always been really, um, you know, confident and love the, the songs that I've been able to write and feel such a deep connection, but no matter how confident you are, I think especially in the arts, it's always... Um, you know, too easy at times to just feel like, um, you know, maybe you're delusional or maybe you're just trying to force this thing because it, it for so for so long it just feels like you're on the outside of something looking in and, and just being able to move to LA and have one thing lead to another and again just kind of like just not quitting and just like yeah. sticking with it. That was really like the only thing because I, I had a, a photographer friend. Obviously, it's a different medium, but piece of advice he gave me before I moved to LA he was like just don't quit <laughs> wow because it could take a couple years it could take 15 years I think he was saying for him it took like over 10 years for him to like get where he wanted to start getting with photography but it's like it's the ones that stick around and so that really stuck out to me before I moved here and um and having that mentality helped and then I was able to just make friends and and you know, meet people like my buddy Dylan from Floor, um, and just people that were able to help me do what I wanted to do and, and start like friendships from that. And just being able to, again, with everyone that went to San Jose with me too, just be able to do what I want to do with people that are my friends and not people yeah. that, you know, can help me out or can get me somewhere, get me on something. It's, it's like just being able to create with really awesome people that happen to be your friends has been um, my proudest uh, I don't even want to say accomplishment because that sounds kind of weird and and like it diminishes the friendship but that's kind of my proudest um, moment I guess looking back on everything is just like these friendships that have been able to happen organically and also just like really just set me on my way and, um, yeah, yeah. It was. It's, it's, that's been the most the most beautiful part for me and most rewarding. Um, again, not sure if I even remotely answered the question, but oh, totally. And it was a very vague question, which I apologize. It kind of made you do all the work. It's like, tell me about this one small moment you had at the drinking fountain, and now how it turned into a career. But you answered it beautifully, and thank you for making up for for kind of my. <laughs> question it was it was you've answered a it's lot a of questions question. but it's a, it's a good question but yeah I, I i can get sidetracked when you when you give me that much room <laughs> uh, well well the thing is you answer you've answered a lot of the questions that i have written down as it's going so i'm like rephrasing questions uh, as, as it goes along but i'm grateful for like cut the people surrounding you and that there have been people that kind of gave you that like inspiring message to just not quit um and i'm sure you have an incredible fan base it's fun seeing like how engaged that they are and i've seen it on twitter i've seen it on instagram and and things on how great your fan bases are and i'm sure that they're grateful for those people as well um but I wanted to ask kind of if there's a moment, maybe it's on stage or maybe it's just some, some sort of moment in, in kind of your life with music that you kind of have it help, that you just can't help but say like, wow, like I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm doing this, that this, this move, this, these steps that I took really young turned into um, kind of this, this dream came to life. And is there a moment like that for you? 
You know, I actually think about, I do think about this question from time to time. So that's not weird. Um, <laughs> you think I would have a good answer for it, but, um, no, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it's such a combination of, of like all the little full circle things that we've kind of mentioned before, like just the friendships that I've been able to make and not just like, Oh, I got to work with this person, but like, Oh, this, you know, this person that I, that I looked up to or that really helped me inspire me with music is, is now somebody that I trust and can go to, you know, with stuff outside of music. And, and just those moments are uh, really special or, you know, someone getting a tattoo like the logo or, yeah, you know, anything like, or just like making their own or any, anything like that is like so surreal. Um, and it just becomes, it never becomes normal, but it's easy to forget just how absolutely out of this world cool that is. And I'm lucky enough to have amazing fans that whether it's just a message on Twitter or again, like getting a tattoo or uh, posting how much some lyrics meant to them like that. I'm, I'm very blessed to have fans constantly remind me how um, absolutely insane it is that I get to invite people into this world with me and we kind of get to coexist in there together um, yeah very cool i love that i love that thank you and that's really what it's all about and i think it's cool that that's your wow um moment um i wanted to ask i had this question so i had this question in my mind last interview that we did but i never wrote it down but then I walked in so that I misinterpreted kind of the, the timing of your show that you did in Salt Lake city. And so I showed up a little bit, like when I thought we were doing the interview, you were actually on stage just before that. And so I walked in and it was to the moment of the show where you're like leaving the stage and you um, put your guitar in the air and it had a message on it. And I've like seen pictures of it and I love it every time that I see it. And I wanted to ask kind of what that message of what's it going to be that you have um, on the back of your guitar, what does that mean? And what, where does that come from? Um, that comes from the first ever song that I released as Lost Boy Crow, uh, which is obviously a big moment for me and, and was kind of this, um, so uh, backstory, I recorded four songs with my buddy Dylan in his bedroom. One of those songs was Adolescence, which is mm-hmm. became the first song I ever released. So it was just the type of thing where I, I got a, a list of like blogs from the four guys who were kind of doing the same thing, starting out. Um, and I emailed some people and I sent them the song Adolescent just on SoundCloud. Like I didn't have a Spotify or anything. Wow. And... Um, people decided to write about it and keep sharing it. And that was like, maybe even though that was like right away, that was kind of a wow moment for me really was like, wait, because up until that point, as I'm sure a lot of us are like experienced this in in different things that we do, like up until that point, it's like, okay, your family and your friends like on Facebook might share something, but like, how excited can they really get and like how, or how can you really feel, you know, even if they're very supportive, it's like hard to feel like it's anything, um, you know, out of that cycle when it's just kind of, you're stuck in that loop of like friends and family, like supporting you and, and just being awesome because they, they love you and support you. And that was the biggest wow moment for me, I think was releasing adolescence and 
having people that had no idea who I was um, write about Lost Boy Crow and this new sound and this new song. And so that just like blew me away. But anyways, to answer your question, um, what's it going to be is a phrase that I repeat um, quite a few times in that song. And the song really is about, um, I think kind of without knowing it, it was about me becoming Lost Boy Crow, even though I wrote it like before I became Lost Boy Crow. But that's, that's really what it's about is kind of like um, just stepping into, uh, stepping into like the, the role that you like see yourself as that, you know, you can be. And, um, so I guess that's kind of what that phrase is meant to me and, and being able to see people really connect with the lyrics or, or any of the music that I released over the years is like, that means so much to me. And I, and I, I want people to know how much that means to me. And I think what a lot of times fans don't realize is like how much we feed off of each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a two way street, this inspiration thing. And so I'm just like, so grateful to be, uh, be able to inspire anyone with the words that I write or, or anything that I sing and uh, just kind of wanting to give that back to them. And so that's, that's why I wrote it on the back of the guitar is like, um, you know, what's it going to be can mean just about anything um, to anyone that's reading it. But, but I, I wanted to use it as kind of like a reflecting back, um, you know, the energy that people give to me when they come to a show and, and how much that means and, and hopefully it can inspire them to be or do uh, or say the things that they want to say. And again, it's, it's vague enough where it works, you know, for anything. So I think it kind of just depends on where um, you're at as someone that's like listening or, or looking at that. I think I wanted to like leave it open enough to, to um, be able to reach across like anyone's like dreams or wants or like inspiration. Um, yeah. Awesome. I love that. And you are, you are inspiring, like hearing your story a little bit more today and what I've read about, like it's, it's totally inspiring. You talking about surrounding yourself with good people that kind of told you not to quit and just also sharing that message um, in this interview is, is inspiring. And so um, I just appreciate the time with you because it, it is inspiring and um, you are inspiring. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And I wanted to ask you about this new project um, that you're doing with DYSN called Asking for a Friend. You guys have two great songs that have that have recently come out, and thank you for that because it's definitely helped this quarantine um, to have uh, fresh, new, good music that I like to play as as I'm home more. Um, how did that come together? Yeah, so um, Dyson and I actually uh, Sorry. met. No, 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 and that, I wasn't trying to be a dick. That's just. <laughs> no i i felt I it too i've them. tried to find interviews yeah. with him just to like oh, get yeah, the pronunciation down <laughs> and i couldn't no. find it so i just was no, like no, no. i don't want to mess it up <laughs> that's all good um yeah so uh dyson and i met um when i was getting ready to tour i think in maybe the end of 2017 early 2018 i want to say 2017 even at this point um but yeah, we, we, I just put out, um, this traveler EP series and it was kind of time to do like a small headline run. And so we were looking for people 
to tour with and my booking agent at the time was representing this kid Dyson and this other band Prelo and so it became it kind of became this um this thing of like well why don't you guys all need to tour you're all like you know putting out music and it's doing well like why don't you just tour together and so you know I had heard his music before and I thought it was good but didn't really know him he was kind of this shy kid that um kept to himself but we ended up doing this so the spin the globe tour uh, I want to say again like fall 2017 and so it was these three actors Prelo Lost Boy Crow and Dyson and it just worked out that like crew and everybody could fit in a van like a single like sprinter van which is crazy oh. but also <laughs> why we did it is really feasible there's yeah. two guys in Prelo and there's only one Dyson so it just worked out um, so we're in this sprinter van traveling all around the country and, um, you know, we quickly discovered that we loved Alex Turner more than any other two people in the world. Um, and <laughs> that just instantly brought us together. I think, Yeah. you know, a lot of people, and not <laughs> it's going to sound really elitist, but like you meet people that love Archie Munson, obviously, because for sure, an incredible band and, and very, um, likable, but we had both become fans of Alex Turner's solo stuff, which a lot of people don't often uh, talk about or get to know about. So uh, we kind of had this bond right away through that and got to know each other over this tour and hung out more and more. And then we ended up doing a second part of the tour um, in different markets because it, it went so well. And I think we all just liked each other so much. So like several months later, we do a part two of this tour. And by then we're kind of more, um, you know, we, we know each other more and we're like starting to be friends so Dyson and I decided to start like rooming together at these hotels and stuff um, yeah and so I remember we were snowed in in Omaha Nebraska where we were about to perform <laughs> and we were in this old sort of like creepy hotel and we were able to buy the movie Coco <laughs> uh, to watch which I don't think either of uh, either of us had seen um, so we watched the movie Coco and we just got so inspired. Like I remember Dyson got out his guitar and he kind of wanted to write something like inspired by the movie. He started messing around with this thing and we didn't like talk, we didn't set out to like write a song together or even like jam together or anything. It just kind of happened after watching Coco. We wrote this wow. song called, called Let There Be Physics and, uh, it's, um, it's going to be on the album that we're about to release. So fast forward, um, you know, a couple of years now, and we kind of been toying around with music ever since then. Um, and yeah, we, I think it was this last August, um, his sister who also does both of the sisters do music as well, um, asked us to play a show with her. And it was kind of this perfect excuse of like, should we actually like, get our stuff together and like make like a project with like a set list and like actually do this so it's kind of the perfect catalyst for that so we we had all these songs we kind of made it official um when we started playing shows in august and then we recorded an album all with uh, my buddy boaz roberts who played um a lot of guitar with lost way crow stuff and now we have uh an album like I think nine or ten songs. It's gonna come out in a couple months, and 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I could go on about it. This is one of my favorite things that I ever got to do. I, I love wow. Dyson. I love the way his mind works, and we both obviously um, are kindred spirits when it comes to just the music we love and the things that we love about it. A lot of the older stuff, like um, Connie Francis or Richie Valens or Buddy Holly, and like any of that stuff that you know, we're it's it, it's definitely um, stuff that has maybe inadvertently like inspired pop music today but it was it was cool to kind of geek out over that music together and have it sort of directly inspire um sort of the tone of what we were doing that was so different from any lost wicker or dyson stuff at the time and i think since then it's affected uh both of those solo projects as well um which has been cool we kind of yeah a lot of dyson influence and stuff i'm doing and vice versa hopefully so yeah (laughs) Um, I keep learning about it, but I, it's a project that's very dear to me, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing it, and I'm glad people are liking the stuff so far. Yeah, it, it's great stuff, and I never thought that the answer to that question um, was going to be that that kind of it was inspired coming together and making this music was inspired off of a off of a Disney movie, and so <laughs> that was the last thing I expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean us either, man. Again, like it's always, it's always interesting to be. I think as a musician too, and as an artist, like you always have other friends that are musicians and artists, but it can be a delicate thing, like writing with someone that you haven't written with. You don't want to force it or anything. And so it was cool that like, we never really spoke about it or had to be like, Hey, we should jam sometime or anything awkward like that. It was like, we just watched this movie, he had his guitar out and <laughs> we wrote a song. Um, <laughs> so yeah. That's incredible. Do you guys uh, bond over the last shadow puppets too? Oh yeah, and then we oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love them. Um, yeah. Um, what's next for for you, Lost Boy Crow, and also the asking for a friend? You mentioned the new album, so you don't really need to to re redo that unless you want to. But but what would you say is next for you? Oh man, I um, <laughs> good question. Um, so I have an album that is pretty much finished and an EP that's been finished for quite a while. And, um, if everything goes according to plan, I will get to put out my EP Valley hearts, um, in June and then spend the remainder of the year, uh, showing people this other album that I've been working on. Um, so lots of music coming out. I think the Valley heart EP will be what's next. Um, hopefully, get to have that be at the top of summer and then yeah asking for a friend's got an album coming out and and i'm in another project as well with um the band armors and oliver the kid and my other buddy and that's called 1990 nowhere and we have two eps done and that's another thing we've like same thing we've been working on that for the last year and i think we're finally going to get to share that with people this summer as well so a lot of things, um, <laughs> a lot of music coming out, and I'm amazing. Involved, so. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it's going to be a great summer. Um, I have, I'm sorry, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I have five questions um, slated that I'm going to ask at the at the end of every interview for uh, this podcast. Um, the number one, if you had to, if you had to have breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food for every meal, so like 
only breakfast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, only lunch food, and so on. Which which meal, which food meal, like mealtime food, would you choose? Oh man, <laughs> I think a younger a younger me would have said breakfast food. Um, I think today, as it stands right now, at this very moment, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say dinner food. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, especially these days, I'm eating a lot of like good pastas and sweet potatoes and veggies and stuff. And I oh, guess yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's. Uh, I I, I think that feels like dinner food to me, and and I'm I'm I could definitely stand to eat that a lot. So <laughs> perfect. That's a good answer. Yeah. It's, it's, that's funny. I like that. Cause yeah, you don't, I didn't think of that. I'm like, Oh, breakfast. You get a lot of the stuff. You can have pizza for breakfast. That's acceptable in some houses. Oh, we're talking pizza. Yeah. Like whatever one pizza is. Let's go. <laughs> pizza is a hybrid. I think pizza's in all of them, but I, I love breakfast food. If I can't have hash browns, I don't eat hash browns often at all, but just the idea of not having them just kind of like hurts my soul a little bit. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, number two, I asked you in our last interview, I have asked this in every interview I've ever done, but I actually forgot what your answer was. Um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh man, I make a habit of, and I think I said this last time too, of not doing karaoke. Yes, you did say that. I just, it's tough, man. It's tough because I feel like karaoke in a certain sense. I mean, there's a lot of good karaoke singers, but, like, I feel like the best karaoke, it should be, like, funny a little bit. Yeah. And I think I take myself too seriously sometimes. <laughs> um, so I try not to do it, but if I had to say right, I think what I said last time was probably Climax by Usher. That was it. That was it. Okay, yeah, that totally rang a bell. So we'll just we'll just keep it with that. I, I, we'll just stick with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I I appreciate that. Even yeah. if it's not karaoke, isn't your favorite thing? I appreciate having a song. Um, number three. What is like? What are some of your guilty pleasures on tour? If it's like oh, like on the way back to where we're staying, I have to stop by like a like a diner. I have to stop by this. What are what are some of your guilty pleasures on tour? Hmm. Um. You know, we try, it's nice that the touring party that we, that stands right now has has been together for a few years. So, I mean, we all want the same things. We all like kind of get each other and, and, and it's taken a while to get here, but we all try and keep each other like (laughs) in line on tour and like healthy and like making good decisions. But, um, I'm definitely a sucker for like anything like gummy wise. Oh, heck yeah. Every once in a while, I'll definitely like. I think it was uh, our tour photographer, Rachel, this last tour would always get these things. I think they're called like sour snakes. I don't know. Twin I don't know. snakes. Twin, Twin snakes. Thank you. Yes. Oh my one God. sour, one sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I sound like such an idiot. Um, yeah. She would get twins. She started getting twin snakes. And so it was nice because I would, I would have to like, I wouldn't have to like go and get gummies and like talk myself off that ledge every time i was just kind of wait for her to get twin snakes and then i would like casually ask for some um but that's definitely guilty pleasure um you know we like hotwire all our hotels at this point but like if we can try and swing one that's like a weston or something that has like a steam room 
for Josh and I, that's our, our tour manager. I think you met. That's like our. I, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, but that's like our. No, no, no. That's like that's, let's, that's, let's get a steam room. Let's have some robes. You know, it doesn't happen totally. often, but like when we can swing it, that's awesome. definitely gonna happen. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am a I'm a huge sucker for gummies, so I appreciate. I just learned about twin snakes. Oh and, man. And I've been wanting to try it. One of my best friends, we bond over over gummies, and so twin snakes is one of the ones that I need to try. Um, I can recommend. Yeah. I can <laughs> um, number four is one band that's not currently together that you would like to have one more EP from. The Thermals. The Thermals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, five is who is an interesting guest that you think I should have on the Road Trip Playlist podcast? Ooh. Um, dang. Ooh. Hello. This is so much power. Um, <laughs> Uh, man, I would say if you haven't had, uh, my buddy, Brian, it goes by Oliver, the kid. He's also in a band called La Bouquet. He's also in a band with me called 1990 Nowhere. Uh I think he is absolutely charming and hilarious and very well-spoken. And he would be an awesome, interesting person to have on for sure. Excellent. Awesome. I appreciate that recommendation so much. Um, hopefully I can make that happen. Um, last one. I'm sorry. I said five more. No, please. Um, <laughs> I, I would be remiss. Our, the, I, I didn't want to ask too much about Gilmore Girls because I feel like our conversation. But I, was but so, I wanted you to. I wanted Okay. To. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, our conversation was so like naturally good about Gilmore Girls. I'm like, I would want to recreate it, but I didn't think that I could. Um, <laughs> I've got to re-ask you because my answer always changes on this. And I think we talked a little bit about that, like depending on if you're rewatching it or where you are in the seasons, your favorite, yeah. your favorite one of Rory's boyfriends. And I'm sure I said something along these lines last time. I, I love at his, at everyone's purest form. I'm a sucker for Dean. I don't know why. Maybe it's the hair. Um, maybe it's the hockey jersey in that one episode. I don't know. I, he's just such the thing about her boyfriend is like she it's much like how it would be in real life like she needed them like mm-hmm. so she needed to go through that at the time so dean obviously is like classic first boyfriend i'm a sucker for dean uh jess had his head up his ass at the time but he came around he's probably the, he's probably the the ghost i think everyone can pretty much universally agree on like jess at one, at one point or another. So I'd probably have to say Jess if I'm like really thinking about it. Logan, um, I've said this on record too. I think his only redeeming moment in life was when he gave that tennis bracelet to Luke. Um, other yeah. than that, I, can, I, I don't need Logan. I don't, we're, we're good. I'm sure <laughs> Jess, Jess has abs too. Like, come on. Okay. <laughs> like, the, you know? the thing I, the thing I appreciated you pointing out, cause I've always had, just hatred for logan like logan's the worst but then like in our conversation and it's like one of the things i took from it and i've like watched gilmore girls differently since then was how she needed logan because logan kind of brought her out of like a more like adventurous like type rory yeah and then he like brought that out of her and i've always found that interesting because i'm like oh i totally never caught that because i was too caught up in like kind of just hating logan but he actually played this huge like role in kind of just like 
change like this huge thing for Rory and so yeah it yeah it was it was necessary I think what's unnecessary was Logan's uh role in like the reboot <laughs> but I'll leave it at that <laughs> there there was a few in the reboot like her her other boyfriend in the reboot was kind of unnecessary too but oh hey, yeah yeah uh, yeah the, well, I'll say this I think the reboot was really about Luke and Lorelai and uh that dynamic and so that was definitely like made it worth it but and, um totally no it didn't make it worth it so so are you did you like the reboot because there's a lot of people that that didn't like it for a, a gilmore girls absolute like fanatic and i don't use that word lightly <laughs> i have only seen the reboot once and maybe maybe that's why it was like it kind of left a bittersweet taste in my mouth and i haven't wanted to like revisit it it's uh-huh. not as rewatchable obviously as like just turning on you know season three episode two or whatever um but I do remember really liking the ending and thinking like, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's some a lot of cringe in it as well, but <laughs> it's, it's just fun to see all those characters again, like all the townspeople. That's like the best part of the show, right? It's like totally all enough town where you, there can be like a role for every townsperson, and they're all <laughs> um, so that's always cool. And then again, yeah, like the I won't give anything away for our listeners, but man. <laughs> the ending <laughs> oh yeah it is, oh yeah it is nice see nice. and i've it. only watched it once too and it's because i think like i left with a really good taste and i didn't want to change that i was like just it, i yearned for these people back in my life yeah in like a fresh way and so i was just happy for it um and so yeah i don't really want i would i even if they did another like they talked about like coming back again i'd, I'd be wow even no. though people didn't well, love it Okay, okay. I mean, I'd be all for it because I'm such, like, an absolute fan. But I think, I yeah, I, I think a part of the reason I haven't rewatched it again was kind of along the lines of what you said. Like, I made, I I had peace about it. I was like, cool. I, like, I, I, I can, that's good enough for me. Um, um, yeah. Have you ever watched it and taken, like, notes? Is that just super weird of me to do? I don't think I've, no, that's not super weird. I love it. I would, first of all, I, I need to see a copy of those notes. Um, <laughs> I'll see if I can send you a picture. We should make t-shirts out of those notes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've never taken notes, but like mentally, like definitely like I, I love rewatching um, every season and obviously it's inspired some music for me as well. So like I haven't taken physical notes, but I, I admire that. That's like well thanks again i apologize i went over kind of the time that i was hoping for but i appreciate you being so kind and yeah i love your answers were so great so to so many things and i appreciate you a lot thank you so much it was uh, a pleasure speaking to you before and i knew this would be no different so thank you again for taking the time great to talk to you thank you i can't wait for the new music thank you much okay have a good one you too bye okay, bye Thank you again for listening to the Road Trip Playlist podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Lost Boy Crow. Again, this was our first episode, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. If you leave a comment in the review of an artist that you want me to interview, I'll send the request as soon as I see it. Stay tuned next week for another great interview with another great artist.